what? I got an idea for the intro for the podcast. Okay. Check it out. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ion Stone Podcast. I'm Anderson Miller. I'm Dimitri. And we're doing a, well, not last, but final um, 007 Tuesday for the Pierce Brosman run of James Bond. And then we're going to be starting a new venture in the much, much better <laughs> Daniel Craig James Bond movies, and I cannot wait. Um and unfortunately, well, I guess I shouldn't say too much right now, but uh, we, we're we uh, discussing Die Another Day, which, as I mentioned, is the last of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Definitely not the best. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, we're going to get right into it after a word from our sponsor. Do you want to start a podcast? Well, now you can, for free. And it's as easy as downloading the new Spotify podcast app to your phone and or computer and hitting record. Spotify Podcasts allows you to record anytime or upload files and provides all the tools you'll need to make your episode sound as solid as stone. Spotify Podcasts is the new home for any podcasters looking to expand their brand and reach new audiences across the globe. So, um, not really looking forward to getting into this. To Before be- you go any further... <laughs> as much as I'm anticipating it, what the hell happened in this movie? I don't remember because it was that good. <laughs> um, time to be professional. All right. James Bond. Die another day. He should have died in the movie prior to this. Pierce Brosnan gives one last mission as James Bond 007, unfortunately. Starting off in North Korea, Bond is betrayed and captured. 14 months later, I thought it was a year. Four, okay. 14 months later, Bond is set free, but traded for Zhao, who was captured by MI6. When back in his world, Bond sets off to track down Zhao. Bond gets caught up in yet another scheme, which sends him to millionaire Gustav Graves. Another MI6 agent known as Miranda Frost is also posing as a friend of Graves. Bond is invited to a Presentation held by Graves about a satellite found in space which can project a huge, huge laser beam. Bond must stop this madman with a fellow American agent known as Jinx Johnson. While Bond tries to stop Graves and Zhao, will he finally reveal who betrayed him? Mm. Before we continue, spoiler alert, I repeat, spoiler alert. We are spoiling this movie, not that there is anything worth spoiling. No, this movie sucked. What's your rating? 
like a two. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I gave it a one. Oh, shit. I don't think it should have been made. I agree. For those of you who don't know, our, our ranking is out of five stones. Uh, five is it's a masterpiece. Four is it's really good, but it has its flaws. Three is it was enjoyable, wouldn't watch it again. Two is it had some potential, but eh. And then one is it should not have been made. So, yeah, one out of five for me. Yeah, two. It had potential in my eyes. I, I I can almost say that the negatives far outweigh any positives for me though. So well, when I say I put way too too much in, when I say that it has potential, I'm meaning the storyline. Yeah. Well, and also who made the movie and who made it? Because I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I just I think it had a very cool idea. I just don't think it was executed very well. <clears throat> Yeah. And so, yeah, that that's my tip. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll go ahead and get into this. This will not be uh, a long episode because I'll just come out and say it. I don't have that many positives to say about this movie, as I'm sure you don't either. And I don't like spending a lot of time focusing on negatives. So we're going to go ahead and just skim through this movie, um, even though like all the other Bond movies, I've got two full pages. It's not really that much to cover. Really, is Those it? are all check marks. No X's. Right. Right. Yeah. Lots of check marks. Now, alright. <clears throat> so the movie opens with Bond surfing into North Korea. <laughs> that's a, that's a great way to start this movie. I was very confused. <laughs> it's just like, oh honest. okay, he's just surfing into north all right that's cool and, and oh wait there's two more yeah so i wrote down we got team bond because i don't know who the hell those other agents were they never yeah. clarified that yeah they were just expendable i don't know maybe he got them from a rena center anyways uh <clears throat> now i had a gripe within the first two minutes of this movie and that really set the precedent for like how the rest mm. of this experience would go. He takes off his wetsuit and he's oh. wearing this, you know, attire. And I'm like, okay, fine. Until I realize it magically matches the guy who he's going to swap in the helicopter, the North, the North Korean. I'm like, do you guys really have so much Intel that you know what someone's going to wear that exactly day? Exactly what they're wearing. So I was like, okay, he magically has the clothes of the guy that he's going to replace on the helicopter. That's convenient. So my first note was an X. <laughs> that's that's never happened. Wow. Yeah. Um. Now I will say, as far as a bad guy introduction goes, this was pretty cool because we see uh, Tan Sun Moon, who is a you know what what is his position? Is he a uh, colonel? Um. I think he is. Yeah, I think they yeah, call him Colonel Moon. Colonel Moon yeah, uh, his dad's like a general in the the Korean North Korean Army uh, military, I should say. Anyways, um, we see him training in front of. I I actually liked this whole setup because he's sitting here training on a heavy bag, and he's just got guys standing at attention observing him do this. And I was confused. I was like, why would he just have people watching him train? Right. But then he opens the heavy bag and that dude falls out. I was like, oh, that's pretty badass. 
that's a that's a cool way to set somebody up. Um. So yeah, I don't know. They they set him up like a badass yeah. in like ten seconds. That was pretty cool. Um. Then we see Bond in the helicopter, and. <clears throat> You know, we got a briefcase with diamonds. That's a pretty generic, like, I, I don't know. what What's based the whole premise of this around a briefcase of diamonds? Cool. Um, I was confused on what he was putting on the briefcase. You know, like, is it a, yeah. a tracker or, you know, what are, what are we doing here? Uh, which we find out in a little bit. Um, so then... The, I'm going to really skip through this. I'll be honest. I do like the whole opening sequence in North Korea mm-hmm. as a whole. I like it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, we see him get off the helicopter. He's trying to act like the guy that he replaced, even though he's not a Korean. But anyways, he gets off the helicopter. Yeah, with the brief- make sense. Yeah, he gets off the helicopter with the briefcase. Everyone is immediately suspicious. Like You can just tell by the way they're looking at him. Uh, and we get introduced to Zhao. And I wrote down, I was like, oh, he's just got a good bad guy look. Cause he did, um, but uh, you know he gives the the briefcase to the dude. He puts him on the table. He's looking through the diamonds and whatever. And then they're talking to Bond, and then Zhao is getting intel from whoever that you know. Oh, this is James Bond. So they're on to him in no time. Um, and then he's kind of stuck because he's surrounded by this entire military with guns, and it's like okay, Bond screwed. Oh no. Because our James Bond thinks ahead. We got an explosive on that briefcase. I actually didn't mind that. I was like, all right, that's cool. We've seen Bond have preventative measures like this in previous films. Right. Um, it's it's a Bond thing to be a step ahead. So that was cool. Um, I knew as, as soon as I saw hovercrafts just in the background, I was like, we're going to see Bond driving mm-hmm. a hovercraft. Sure enough, that's what happens. And that whole chase sequence is... All right. Um, I wasn't mad about it. No, he he looked cool yeah. driving it. And actually, if you go to Google, um, if you search this movie, one of the posters, because you know how they like re-released all the Bond movies for the 50th anniversary? Mm-hmm. His cover is him on the hovercraft. Like, that's the cover oh, for wow. the movie. It's, it's a cool shot. Like, it, it's a cool sequence. Um, especially because you can tell that's one of the only parts of this movie that didn't have a bunch of mm-hmm. green screen. And I actually filmed it on site or on location. Um, now, <laughs> so I, I wrote down Bond on the hovercraft is cool, but the hovercraft that's chasing him, how come it flips and it slides and it like, here's this bunker. It literally goes like, dink, and then the bunker goes, <laughs> just ridiculous explosions. I wrote down what exploded. It was like, like literally the direct, the director was like now. And then there was a guy with like that wily coyote TNT thing. Just like, he's like, all right, just, it was just, we haven't had a huge explosion yet. We need one. That's exactly what it was. Uh, It was like, like, yeah, the briefcase went boom. Diamonds went everywhere, but eh, I want bigger. I want better. And I need it now. When bond is on site. There are explosions. There are that, that's explosions. That's a pro. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we already got really. <laughs> it's like, whatever, whatever. Explosions are cool. Um... <laughs> yeah. But, that, but then our... they set up Moon to look so badass. 
That fight sequence, at least in my opinion, was eh at best. Yeah. I really didn't enjoy it. I don't know, man. I was just kind of like, this is lame. Which I get that in the first act, you don't want to have like a third act fight sequence. But I'm like, you're on a moving vehicle. Yeah. And I was like, of course, I, in my head, I was like, this is going to be going off a ledge at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's driving this thing. Of course, it's going to like aimlessly go off of something at some point. But I don't know. It would have been cool to have a better choreographed fight scene. Yeah, it seemed very... And the editing was real choppy, too. Yeah, it was very half-assed. To, like, hide the fact that they... It kind of reminded me of the last movie, uh, what, or, um... Sorry, not the last movie. It's the uh, uh, what what what's the one with Elliot Garner where he's in the the printing press warehouse? The world is not enough. Thank you. Yeah, the world is not enough. Um, it was the same kind of editing style. It's like let's make a quick cut when someone's throwing a punch, you don't see it land, or you know, it's a, it's a real choppy way to like try yeah. to sell a fight sequence, and it's like the pacing of the cuts being fast makes you feel like it's a high, but it, in all reality, they probably said, all right, Pierce, throw a punch. And he was like this. And they're like, all right, cut. And then they just take that motion yeah. in, in between him starting and finishing and throw it in there. And, and then they put a effect. <laughs> That's the thing is I can't even like, you know, the ones that came out in the nineties. I could at least be like, all right, you know, it wasn't in the 2000s yet. You know, different time period. This is three years before episode three of Star Wars came out. Yeah. I can't even justify that fight scene. No. It's only three years. No, it... Let me just ask you this. Was there a good fight scene in this movie? No. Yeah, exactly. All right, anyways. Uh... (laughs) Um, oh my gosh. When the, the when the craft goes off the cliff, yep. Bond jumps onto the, the bell, yep. and then he falls, and he's ringing the bell, mm-hmm. and then he says, saved by the bell. I was like, no, no. I kicked my coffee table. <laughs> I, I wanted to draw the corn emoji in mm-hmm. here, just, I... You know, some of his cheesy one-liners, I appreciate. Um, but not this. This entire that, movie was one-liners, I felt There like. were so many, and they were all just bad. Yeah. They were all bad. I I don't know. At least his. All yeah. of his. They just didn't deliver. I don't know. Didn't like it. So I was like, okay, save by the bill. Good one. Um, and then <clears throat> from here, he gets captured by the North Korean military. Now, I'm kind of jumping ahead of my notes. Well, all right. I won't do that. I'm going to get into a positive. I really like the title sequence. Uh, There's three things about it I really like. For one, I am not a fan of Madonna, but I liked the change of genre in music, Mm -hmm. which this did come out in 2002, and it, it... it definitely has that feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying I love the song. I just liked the change of genre. Yeah. It was cool. It made this movie feel like something different. Not only that, uh, I really liked 
I said there's three things I really like, but two of them kind of blur together. I like the uh, CGI work in the title sequence, mm-hmm. but I also like how it mixes with the the live action that they put in there. And what I like about that is that's a continuation of the story, mm-hmm. like the last movie. I like when the title sequence is kind of continuing the story yeah. through showing you. Because you basically see him being a prisoner, getting yeah. tortured. So you actually get some reward for watching right. the title sequence. Yeah, this is the only title sequence I watched out of all the ones that we've yeah, so I, I thought that was a really cool title sequence. I will just say I think it's the best one of this series with yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Um, now, we see Bond, and I wrote down Jesus Bond because he just looked like... Which, when we realize how long he's been prisoner, I'm like, okay. Okay. I, I was sitting here thinking... I can like, grow that beard and like... Six months. Yeah, his hair was significantly longer than his beard. Yeah. Like, his hair said, I've been here for every year. The beard did not. No. It, it was really disturbing. Yeah. It was, or disappointing. It was, a, it was a weird... Yeah, anyways. So, yeah, we got Jesus Bond. Um, Now, when he's sitting there talking to... Uh, Tansa Moon's father, the general. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I really... Don't like how we do things here, but blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was sitting there. For one, I didn't even care what the dialogue was saying because I was, I hate to say it, right here at this point in the movie, I was already kind of bored. I don't know what it was. I was just like not feeling the story that was being told when I realized we had another opening of the movie that actually connects to the rest of the story. I was like, okay, that's cool. I like that the other movies did this in this series, but what was the point of that first mission? That's what was bothering me. And I'm going to be honest with you. I watched the whole freaking movie, and I still don't know. What was the point of Bond and those two other guys going to North Korea in the first place? What was their objective? Because to me... I have no answer. it It would be... To screw Bond. But then why would he be okay with that? So I'm like, from his perspective, why was he there? What was the point of the mission? If you're just going to let this hovercraft go off a cliff and then stand there and get captured by the North Korean military, isn't there supposed to be a point to that? Yeah, because he didn't put up any fight. He just kind of accepted it. Like. I feel like in other Bond movies, right there on the cliff, there would have been something for him to escape. Yeah. Or some, you know, like, I'm going to try this and hopefully it works. Yeah. But he just stood there like, all right, time to get captured. And so I'm sitting here thinking there is a point to him being captured. You know what I mean? Like, there's something MI6 has put in him chemically or I don't know. So when we see this conversation and then we cut – to him on the foggy bridge and then he gets traded for Zhao by MI6. I'm like MI6 and Bond gained nothing from that entire mission. And if it was if it's because it wasn't a success, what would have been a success? Right. I really don't know. So, you know, if people who are listening to us are watching 
if you're sitting here like, look, dumbass, it's really easy. It's this. I'm just telling you, this movie did not explain it enough for me. No. I didn't understand why he was there. I didn't understand those guys he was with. And I didn't understand, you know. Yeah, what the hell even happened to those other two people? They got shot. Oh, did they? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, they got shot. So that that's why I'm like, uh, you know, what what's the point of this movie, basically? Right. I, you know, we're uh, over 20 minutes in, and I don't know why I'm watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen Diamonds. I've seen North Koreans. And I've seen Bond be a prisoner of war or whatever, but yeah. it's like, uh, why? I think it's a little too long of a wait to not understand why I'm watching this right. movie. You know, because if you're going to establish that the beginning is connected, because, you know, the first movie it, or the first two movies, it was like, okay, we're going to have some intro and then here's the actual story. Yeah. Fine. I know that after the title sequence, but when you're showing me during the title sequence that we're continuing from the beginning... I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to get into something. But then that conversation happens with, with the general, and it's like, I've learned nothing. Yeah. Like, I, I learned that they want something out of Bond, but it's like, right. what What did Bond want from them? What did MI6 want from them? What was the point? It's like, you don't even figure that out until the end, and then you're questioning, like, how does, how, there's no way to know any of this, and it just seems like a completely different storyline that we missed. At that point in time, it seemed like they were like, we just want to see Bond get tortured and yeah, yeah. show that he can't just escape everywhere and we think it's going to look really cool, but we don't really know how to make that happen, so we're just going to kind of throw this in there like this and hope that nobody notices. Yeah. That's all it said to me. Um, For me, it was just like, let's kind of figure out a way to make it cool for bond to be a prisoner yeah i don't know so yeah i don't know it missed me if you guys listening or watching him understand it feel free to let us know educate us um all right educate me i'm a god <laughs> so then but well, it's ha- weird because then the whole then after that so after he gets whatever they trade him on the foggy bridge, which I don't understand why the bridge had to be foggy for that. That made zero sense. It could have been raining. That was sunny. a production thing because they wanted you to think Bond was about to get killed off by the military because all the guys were standing up for guns. I thought it was like a, a production thing. Like, oh, we're going to trick the viewer. Oh, I just took it like. No, don't get me wrong. It looks cool, so we're just going to throw it in there. Don't get me wrong. I didn't care. I was just don't get me wrong. It bothered me. But I understood what they were trying to pull off. Because okay. at first, I thought they're about to do something. See, this yeah. is where I think they screwed up with the story. It looked like they were about to kill Bond. Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted you to believe that. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, oh, okay. Here's where I'm going to realize the whole... Like, th- like this is all part of that mission, right? This is yeah. part of the plan. This is where MI6 comes swooping in. Or right. agents are planted in the North Korean military. Yeah. And they start taking out their own guys. Yeah. And then Bond's standing up with a smirk. Right. You know, but no, no, no. That didn't happen. So I was let down. Yeah. Now, Zhao looked cool there. Yes. I, I get a little lost later in the movie on his, his look. But when you see him with the diamond shrapnel on his face, mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool. Like, that's a cool Bond villain aesthetic. Because, you know, they always have to have some physical flaw with their face 
Um, so I did like that. And also, I was able to connect dots immediately to how that happened. I was like, you know, he was by that briefcase. That side of his face was facing that side of the briefcase when it exploded. So I was like, it all makes sense. Cool. Um, I have a big problem with M in this movie, and I hate that. I did. Yeah. And here, let me let me explain what my issue is. Is that the last movie we see her start crying when she thinks Bond exploded in that tunnel? Yeah. Um. So we're like, okay, she cares about Bond. Yeah. He means something to her. He is not something she wants to lose on a mission. Right. So we set that up in the previous movie. And then this one, in their first exchange of words, when he's in the hospital and realizes there's a glass wall between right. them because, like, he's a threat or whatever, you find out it's because she basically set, like, did this to him. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What? I don't, I don't understand where we went from her caring about him like a son to you're expendable to me, Bond. You know, you're just, like... And she... This whole movie is later. I actually like uh, the next exchange of dialogue they have when he's in that underground subway thing with her. She's so cold and it's badass because, you know, Judy Dench is great at doing that and executing it. So I wrote down that and I put a check mark with a question mark because I'm like, it's still supporting this narrative of M doesn't really care about Bond. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just it feels forced and out of nowhere. I don't know when this happened. You know what I mean? It's like they thought it would be cool to have Bond be screwed by MI6. Yeah. Which, yeah, that is a cool idea. Right. But can we have circumstances that make it so M was in a position where she had no choice? Yeah. or I, I don't know. Just to have her just be like, you mean nothing to me, Bond. It's like, that's not what she said in the last movie, but okay. So, yeah, I don't like M in this movie, and I hate that because she's my favorite part of these movies yeah. and the Daniel Craig movies. Like I love him. I think she's so cool. Yeah. It was kind of weird because he knew he was set up. Mm-hmm. We knew he was set up and they kind of made it seem like M set him up. Yeah. Which made no sense. That's Why what I'm would saying. She have set him up. We don't, well, we don't know. That's what I mean. We, it's not like somebody had something over her head. Right. You know, that could tell Bond, like, oh, okay, that's why she did that, because the M I know wouldn't do this to me. Right. And then us as the viewers would be like, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. We never get that. No. She's just a cold bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong, but explain to me why. Mm Mm-hmm. What, you know, is there like a James Bond 3.5 that comes before this movie where, like, he makes her coffee wrong or something? I don't know. Anyways, so yeah, I, I don't like him in this movie, and that, that was a big setback for me. Yeah. I knew from that first exchange, I was like, unless they explain why she is like this, which they don't, I'm not going to like her in this movie. Um, <clears throat> Now, do you think the MI6 training facilities uh, specialize in how to fake dying? Yes. Really? To where you have no pulse? How did he make the freaking 
EKG, like, dude, he is hooked up to all this shit in the hospital, and they think he's dead. And he's just laying there thinking about stuff, and then he, like, fakes his death. Do you think that's possible without an agent? Like, you know, some third-party substance being introduced to your body? Probably not. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm to fake their death, I'm, yes. Like, I, I, I am being... When it comes to being hooked up to the EKG. I am being critical but I'm also up for being educated because I'm like, you know, Buddhist monks have reached levels of meditation to where, you know, certain things they happen. They reach a whole level of cognizance, not deemed. Po- I don't know. So I'm like, and that's what I was thinking of is like, I feel like you can train yourself to slow your heart rate down to such a slow pace that you can kind of trick the machine. Yeah. I could be way off on that, and it could just be, like, the fiction side of me thinking that. But I feel like it's possible, like, over time, training, you know, you know what to do. Kind of, like you said, a meditative, like, position where you can slow your body down enough to trick it. Maybe. I don't know. See, I'm I'm not... I don't know. It's not something that I'm, like, educated on. Me neither. Well enough to say it's not possible. But just watching it, I question the movie. Yeah. And then also the things that they're showing that are being sold to us is how he gets to that level of, you know, right. I, I guess not having the present or, or the the proof of life. Yeah. The things he's thinking about, I feel like would cause stress, worry, anger, like, you know what I mean? And these are things that make your body show life. These right. are things that pick up on monitors. See, so I'm I, like, I took that as if like he went in some PTSD like trance like thing where like it did kill him, and as soon as he was touched or they shocked him, huh? He like did come back and oh, so you think he actually died? I think he did flatline for a second. Hmm. Because there's stories all the time where people will flatline, come back to life. But the thing about, so like, one thing that I've been informed of over the years with, you know, the line of work I was trying to go into. If you, I'm trying to think of how it is. If you are like in a fight of some sort, very like hostile, like life or death fight, you get knocked out and they bring you back you immediately start swinging again because in your mind, there's not much of a difference in time. It could be 10 minutes later, nothing's happening, but in your mind, you went like that and went right back and you're swinging on people or like an overdose or something. So it could have been in that situation, which is why he reacted the way he did so aggressively. That's kind of the way I took that, was he did flatline and it was like some PTSD... um, like thing that his body went into flatline they did it once he jumped they went to do it again and he woke up or whatever and that's when he did what he did i'm i'm okay with that because other than that that, i was confused on why he's fighting his own people yeah well i mean he knows he's being held prisoner right because yeah that Uh, glass because the exchange with them so like i kind of took it as he felt like he needed to escape there yeah he essentially goes from being a prisoner to being a prisoner, you know, like 
he get that's the other thing when he gets traded i was like maybe he gained some intel right and that was a part of the mission but then when you realize he is still a prisoner you're like nope you know him being alive is a problem you know, like they thought he was going to get killed. But then that, and that's the other thing is like, M's like making it clear. We only got you because we think you could be useful based off things you might've learned while in captivity. Mm-hmm. It's like, geez. All right. You can't lie to him and make it look like you wanted him back and you're sorry he got captured or I don't know. That's, that's what I mean. M comes off as like an antagonist almost. Like, Bond is just on his own. That's the thing. I feel like they set it up for us to think that she... She specifically was the one that betrayed him. And it just was a bad move. Yeah. Like, fucking make it uh, John Cleese's character. Q. Oh, He's I, new. I know you want him to be bad, so... Dude, I do. <laughs> when you told me you thought R was going to be the bad guy. <laughs> Which... There, I like that their dynamic doesn't change just because he is the new Q. Mm-hmm. I, I like that he and Bond still just don't really mesh. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so yeah, I'm okay with him dying. Like I questioned it, but you know, I I'm not ignorant to the fact that the human brain is capable of things just otherworldly. Is the best way to describe yeah. it. Our our brain can do things that are just incredible. So. You know what? Maybe MI6 has mastered that technique. <laughs> um, all right. So because so, and now granted, if it wasn't that, if he did like do it himself, I do have to agree with you on the fact that I feel like maybe you could do it for like a second. You know, daughter comes in the room, you're held prisoner. They check your pulse. You can slow your heart rate down to a point for a few seconds where they're like, "Yeah, he's dead," and they throw you out. Yeah. But for a long period like that, I feel like you will need a chemical agent of some sort. Yeah, Angelina Jolie salt. Yep, exactly. She had to kill uh, the Russian president, use that spider venom that her husband taught her everything about spiders, obviously, with his job. Not to get too far off topic. Taught her everything. She knew those spiders venom will paralyze him. And pretty much slows heart rate for a long period of time to make everybody think he was dead long enough to succeed her mission. That's we'll get into that movie and all that later day. But she knew she had to have something to sell it. Well, that's the problem is like other other movies have made us believe that you do have to have. Yes. Some kind of substance agent, whatever it is, gets you to that level. Salt faked her own death. She did the same thing. But it was only for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like if you train yourself, yes, you can do it for a short period of time. But I don't think you can do it long period like what that was showing. At least it felt long to me. Yeah, it it is long. There's a lot of things in this movie that are dragged out. I think for dramatical effect. But unfortunately for me, it was all just... Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay... But anyways, all right, yeah, um, your explanation, I'm okay with all that. Like, if they came out and said this is what we were intending, fine. Yeah. I'm not I'm not that critical of it, but I did question it a little bit. No, absolutely, I did too. Um, now, his escape, 
was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> is it a little convenient that he jumps off this ship and he swims to a dock that is in Hong Kong, where he just happens to be near a hotel that, that has a guy that he's them. always yeah i was like man that's pretty convenient yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of filthy honestly yeah, it, was, it was kind of bad like um, i they i'm gonna be honest they could not have made him get there make sense without adding like a half hour extra to the movie minimum because then he'd have yeah. to be able to figure out how to get a flight off the radar and everything else. Because he does th- this entire mission pretty much soulless it or just, solo until the end when MI6 wants to be like, oh, we're friends again. It would be so cool. to Like, I just watched uh, Shooter with Mark Hamill. Or not, Mark Wahlberg, sorry, Mark oh, Hamill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been talking about Star Wars so much recently. As, um, have you seen that? Yeah. Where he's the sniper yep. that's retired and they recruit him to set him up to be the yep. yeah. Good movie. We'll probably cover that on the podcast one day. But I just watched that the other night because I was like, oh, cool. It's on. I think it's on Paramount Plus right now. And I was like, it's been a while. One thing I love about that movie is that he goes from being this retired legend to being on the run from the entire country. And to me, if you're an MI6 agent and you've been burned, mm-hmm. you can't just like hop up on a dock and walk into a hotel like no. You have to. So I was Especially thinking. Especially not one that you're familiar yeah, with. Yeah. So when. And I was. The one thing about this movie that I was a little excited about to see where it would go, and it's why I was hanging in there. Because mm-hmm. again, I was bored. First 20 minutes of this movie. Um, I was like, oh, he's been burned. Yeah. We, we see him escaping his own people now. He has nowhere to go. So I was like, this would be cool to see Bond on the run, hiding, having to do stealth tactics, like right. putting on uniforms, look like he's a part of this. I don't know. I was excited. So then when he just walks into a hotel, like, hey, Chong, it's me, Bond. And he's like, oh, same room as usual? It's like, that's it? We're just going to skip over this whole thing I was excited for? And, oh, yeah, we did. We we skipped we did. right over it. So and then the next thing we see, he's in this suite, and he magically has the exact same haircut that he has in the beginning of the movie. I wrote it down, man, he knows how to cut his hair perfectly. Dude, that's so ridiculous. I, okay. All right. I'll, I'll get them one. Like, he just took all this seaweed, like... If you can... If you cut your hair every day, right? You're cutting your hair whenever you need a haircut. For years, I guess, you can become very good. His hair was perfect, though. I mean, there it wasn't a hair out of place. exactly the same as it did when he got captured by the North Koreans. Yeah. Maybe. I went back and checked. It's the exact same haircut. I Don't get me wrong. I can take my clippers and I can shave my head. I'm very good at that. Like, you can tell they just took the wig off that, and continued filming. Exactly. That is completely unacceptable. Like, no. Yeah, like, they took that wig off. They took his pubes, put them back in his pants, went right back to filming. So, um, yeah, so I heard that, and then I knew something, like, I knew everything was too good to be true, so that woman comes, knocks on his door, and he's acting kind of weird, so this is actually a credit to Pierce Brosnan acting, like, he was kind of selling to me 
that something was off kilter mm-hmm. about what was going on. I agree. And then when he, you know, the glass breaks and you see the cameraman and all that, he's like, you really thought I didn't know you were part of Chinese intelligence. I was like, okay, like that's cool. Like Bond's like always a step ahead. Yep. Even after 14 months of being held prisoner, he still knows all this. He's smart as a tack. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, that whole thing was completely unnecessary but again it's this movie's way of skipping him having to hide and right it's like oh he's just magically by this hotel he stays all the time yeah. and he knows chong and and then he's like oh while i'm here i'll finally let chong know that i know that he's a part like this is when i'll take the time to let him know right so i can use him to get some information on the people i need to find and i was like which i was okay with yeah that. that's fine that's fine that's cool and, that and i like how sense. submissive chong is even though he's in Chinese intelligence, he's just like, oh, yes, pun. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they it's could like, where's really. Your backbone, dude? Exactly. Like, I feel like they really nerfed that scene and that character. Yeah. But I wasn't yeah. really mad about it because I was like, he's not important to the story other than getting Bond where he needs to be. Like, that's the only reason why they put him in here. That's the only reason why Bond magically, you know, freaking jumped like hayden christensen jumper jumped teleported to yeah. fucking hong kong and you know swam with the fishies <laughs> for two seconds um yeah it, it's, so i wasn't mad about it you know we get from bond being a prisoner in north korea to havana cuba and a hop and a skip i mean yeah dude everything in between we just basically realized that m's m's a bad guy and Bond needs to get a haircut <laughs> and that's it. So, uh, yeah, now we're in, uh, Havana, Cuba, which I just wrote. I, I literally wrote down. Bleh. Yeah. I, I did. I, there's nothing I really want to highlight, uh, until we get to jinx getting introduced. Uh, now bond did say a quote. Jinx is Holly Berry's oh, yeah, character. Yeah. Um, I forget who he's... I don't even care. I'll just be honest. This is lazy, but this is how much I don't care about this movie. This whole exchange that he has with the guy in Cuba that he learns about from Chong. Yeah. I don't care about that conversation. I was so pressed the whole time on how terrible the green screen was. Because this is the first part in the movie where the green screen was punching me in the face. Now, it it was well lit. They did a good job, you know, with the lighting of the setting right. that was, you know, in front of the green screen. Because they're, they're, ma- they're trying to make it look like they're on top of a building in Havana, right. overlooking the sun and all this, you know, the city. But there were inconsistencies with camera angles and the background that was being shown, especially when they cut the bond. Yeah. Oh, it was rough, man. And it was just so obvious that they weren't on top of a building. Yeah. Hair wasn't blowing. Uh, the background sounds didn't really fit. I don't know. I'm being hypercritical, but that kind of stuff, when this movie has been filmed on location up to this point, yeah. it really caught me off guard to just be like, oh, here's green screen from the first movie. Because yeah, it is golden eye quality. It is. And that's <laughs> the issue. Is, uh, uh, the entire movie was just very lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like they were like, oh, we have another Bond movie. Fuck, we got approved for it. We just, what are we going to do? Uh, we're just gonna wing it. Yeah, the entire movie. It felt like that. It was like nobody really cared that much on, at least on the production side of things. They didn't care enough to be like, 
Let's give them a song. Whatever we watched the last time, Tomorrow Never Dies, I think, was the last one. Yeah. You could tell they gave a shit. Every single person from this, you know, oh, yeah, person man. who brings the bucket for them to spit food in all the way to <laughs> the freaking production team. Every single person <laughs> cared. Have you not heard about that? Like, are you done with your food, sir? Dude, like... so I, I'm going to get off track for a second. I swear to God. There's a job on set because people will take like 50 <coughs> takes for certain scenes, right? And if they're yeah. eating, you'll see them take the bite, they'll chew, they'll cut, they'll spit it out. So they don't get burned out on the food. I swear to God. I believe it. That is a it. job, and I would do that job if it meant getting my foot through the door. <laughs> like, But anyway, you could just really tell that they weren't expecting another movie. At least to me, this is how I took it. They weren't expecting another movie, and they oh, yeah, got this. There's a lot of things they try to do with this just, just because they knew that this was the last one. Yeah. And that's what made this movie suffer. Yeah. Without question. Yep. Um, now, I will say before, I'm going to highlight a quote in this movie that Bond says, and I think it's really cool. Okay. it's a, it, The Havana conversation, I'm not saying it wasn't important to the story. I'm just saying I knew... As soon as he was done talking to Chong, I was like, the next thing he goes to, just because of the pacing of the movie so yeah. far, it's going to be someone saying, here's where you got to go to find the bad guy. I knew yeah. that. I knew that's yeah. what it was going to be. And that's what it was. So I'm sitting there. You know, it's one of those parts where I was on my phone, like kind of doing this. And I was like, dude, oh, that was me this entire fucking oh, that movie. That green screen's terrible. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I was thinking. I didn't care about the conversation. I didn't care about who was there. I was bored. Um, but. Bond says to that guy, um, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Yeah. I really liked that. It, it was when I was, again, I was looking at my phone and I was like, that was yeah. a cool line. That, that was, I agree that with that. That was cool. So, and Bond doesn't get a lot of cool lines in this whole series no. of the, Bro the Brosnan Bond. Yeah. There's not a lot of cool lines. So I was like, okay, I got to highlight that because there's not a lot of positives so far. You know, at this point in the movie, I'm just like, I've been tearing it apart. Um, but now he goes down to the beach, you know, where all, and he's kind of watching those guys. And <laughs> he, you see him kind of, and he gets binoculars. And then we're introduced to Holly Berry's character and the iconic Bond girl scene. He's a douchebag womanizer. <laughs> but he's very swamp. That is all he is. And but I love it. I laughed because I wrote down... Uh, like, I pictured that there was a point in his career as Bond where Q gave him binoculars that slow down time. Because it literally, in the pacing of the movie, he's like this. But then it's like, she's coming out like... Slow motion. And then it cuts to him, and literally they have to emphasize that he's in real time. He's like, <laughs> and then it cuts to her again. It's like, <laughs> and I, I was like, he got slow mo binoculars. Like, yeah. <laughs> so um, what did he say? He he, uh, pretty much studies whales or something, and they talk. Yeah, studying whales, he, and it gives him time birds, to make up. And, advance to sleep with her and then i summed it up with because it really happens in three minutes 
she walks out of the water they have a cringe exchange of words it is so cringy uh, especially for the first time meeting somebody (laughs) it was just like ew yeah yeah cringe exchange that or cringe exchange they have a quick hookup i literally are down like hookup already that was quick dude minutes and and then that was that was it like that in three minutes that was it Dude, that scene right there is pretty much what, you know, a girlfriend would be sending me as a second date update oh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be yeah. listening and I'd just be like, oh my <laughs> god, why would he do that? Well, alright, now we're going to get into my, you know how I have like big check marks? Even though I hate this movie, I have two of them in this. That's the first. Really? Out of all these movies we've covered on this podcast, I have two big check marks. Oh, this man. is the first I one. Disagree. Now, you know in uh, The World Is Not Enough when uh, Wei Lin's under attack at her headquarters oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he comes up to the guy smoking a cigarette and he does the like lighter gag? Well, Bond's going to the facility. Um, he's trying to infiltrate it, yeah. figure out what's going on. He knocks on that door uh, to – who's in there? Who's the guy that he knocks know. out? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, it's not really that important. It's the guy that gets him access into the lab where uh, Chow is. Yeah. I just can't remember. Anyways, it really doesn't matter. But he knocks on the door, and he has an empty wheelchair. Yeah. And – the guy opens the door and Bond's just standing there and he's like and the guy's like oh and then he just comes in and goes <laughs> it's like what why why can't you just knock on the door and as soon as it opens fist like why do you have to introduce a, a prank a or yeah a prop like like oh here's my intention <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard dude now here's the best part is he not only uses it as a joke, but then he uses it as a way to get onto that uh uh is it was it a, a boat? bus? But boat. It's a boat, yeah. Wait, is it? I can't remember now. Oh, fuck. Oh. Well here, I got the movie. Oh no, I don't. No, yeah, don't. I do. I do. It's yeah. right here. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah, thank you. So, yeah, so he comes in through the window. There's like a family visiting grandpa on his deathbed, and he's just like, Don't mind me, I'm gonna take a grape. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this part where he just throws him aimlessly down the hall. Here's what kills me. Those guards see him pushing this man in the wheelchair, and then, like, <laughs> see what I mean? The whole wheelchair thing's really fucking funny. Window, and then there's, yeah, there, there's Grandpa dying. Let me <laughs> take a, hi. I'm going to take a grape. <laughs> Nobody questions why a man just randomly runs into... Man, he, he is the man. He is the man. So, anyways, I, I like the whole wheelchair thing. I thought yeah. it was funny. Um, now, <laughs> I was really confused by Zhao laying in that bed. I didn't know what was going on. I was confused. Like, I was like, is this a clone? Or, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, the last we saw of him. He got blown up. Yes. So I'm like, what? What is going on here? And then he wake, like, wakes up and fights Bond. And why in the actual fuck are all of the bad guys a cat? Why do they have nine fucking lives? But any good guy other than Bond and M die after one thing. 
I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the dude literally got diamonds thrown in his face from C4 or whatever the fuck it was and survives? Well, when he was less than six inches away from the fucking briefcase? Well, all right, so, uh, well, here's what I was trying to figure out, because he opens his eyes and they're, like, blue. So yes. I was like, what are they doing to this guy? That's why I was like, is this a yeah. clone? Is it a robot? Is it an alien? Is it a lizard? I don't know. <laughs> and, so there's another terrible fight sequence. He gets away. We realize that I- I'm going to skip through this because, I again, yeah, it's good. just... Snooze fest. We find out Jinx is an agent. I wrote down shocker in capital letters. Like, who didn't see that coming? Oh, wait, that, that wasn't just a hookup with Holly Berry? She's, right. she's actually got an important role in this movie? Anyways. Um... <clears throat> This gets us to Graves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I didn't like, because I wrote down Graves parachutes in. Cool. And I had an X. But then we realized he's like a thrill junkie. And I was like, okay, I guess a guy like that would constantly be looking for some extreme way to do things. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. Um, so yeah, and and then he's like in that fencing thing, which they had to put Madonna in the movie just because she made the music. That's all it was. It was so cool. Like, if oh. you do this for you or for us, we'll put you in the movie for you. I was like, are they going to have Bond hook up with Madonna in this I movie? I expected like, it. I'm yeah. going to be honest, I, was I didn't. Su- I was surprised. Um, uh, and then that gets us right to a fat freaking X for me, and I was suspicious about something, and I was correct. I have confirmed this. The Graves and Bond fence fight, sword fight, almost fight to the death at the end. I mean, good yeah. Lord. But it's so ridiculous. The choreography is terrible. Yeah. And I could tell they weren't fighting as fast as we were sold. Yeah. And it turns out they sped up uh, almost every shot that they filmed of the fight sequence by like trying to remember the rate it's like six or eight frames per sec i mean they they sped it up way too like it's almost like it looks like you're fast forwarding yeah but i was like i could tell it was just a terrible job and it was like let's just have half-ass choreography and we'll just speed it up so it looks good you know i just and that's my thing you know like i said earlier weren't wanting to do another one they wanted to end it on a high note the studio said we're doing another one and they said okay we're just trying to make this big and quick and everything else and that is exactly what that was now granted that scene is my favorite fight scene yeah out of the entire movie i will admit that that one there it was was the most entertaining just because of graves wanting to kill bond so badly over a fencing tournament and that's that i did question that i was like why is this dude like so hooked on literally killing which we find out why later which we do but in the moment i was confused yeah so i actually kind of appreciate that now that i think about it because i didn't realize that till now but like it makes sense when we realize who he is later exactly now the other thing i'm going to point out about this before i just kind of brush over it we are introduced to Miranda Frost. Yes. I like Miranda Frost. I do too. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, for, did a great job. 
uh, for one, uh, Rosamund Park is just, or, uh, Pike. She's a great actress. She is. Um, I, I am a fan of her. What was she in that I really She's liked? in Gone Girl with Ben Affleck, and no. I love that movie. Jack Reacher. Well, she's in with, Jack Reacher, uh, yeah, Tom but, Cruise. dude. That's what I first saw. Gone her. Girl is such a good movie. So good. And she's amazing in it. Um, anyways. Weren't she used to her? I could read immediately that she was working for my six. Really? Me personally, yep. See, I, do, the, I wasn't the way they, that close attention. The way they introduce her, I was like, okay, you know, the bad guy has a girlfriend, whatever. But right. then they keep emphasizing her expressions during the fight. And mm. I was like, she's connected to Bond. Yeah. And I was like, how would she be connected to Bond? She'd have to work for M. Mm. If she works for M, she's yeah. M out. Like, I, I just kind of put that together. And then I was right. So, um, <sighs> this goes to, um, where Bond meets with M in the underground subway. Why were they best friends again? Kind of. I mean, considering the fact that he was imprisoned not long before that. Well, you're right about that. It That is weird. I didn't even write that down, but it's like they are just like working together again. Yeah, there was no, they were, it's like nothing changed, which tells me like all this was planned. Mm-hmm. But they're just not going to explain it, right? I, and it's I, like they have their own secret mission like they did a movie ago. You're right. You know, I didn't really, like, because for me, I liked that M was, like, M is cold in that scene, dude. Damn. Like, that's kind of where she reveals things to him and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I was still like, check mark, question mark because i'm like i don't like this narrative that's being pushed on us yes. between her but you're right i didn't think about that they like they are working together again and bond is just totally like okay with it yeah. like okay like, like i'd be pissed if i was him yeah i don't know it's weird again i don't like em in this movie no. just just by her story arc with bond it doesn't work for me the writing just wasn't there now, R, as I call him, because he's never going to be Q in my book. Dude, never. He's a bad guy, and you'll never convince me otherwise. He calls Bond 00, and I was like, Bird! That was funny. Bird! I was like, he got him! Because, you know, Bond calls him R yeah. when he's introduced, and then he calls Bond 00 because yeah. he's not in it. He got burned. Yeah. I was like, nice. Nice comeback. All right. Um, and then, you know, he introduced us some gadgets. Yeah. He has to have that classic cube scene. Um, invisible car. Cool idea. I was to say, I, I like it. I like it, especially cause now we know our military has technology. They kind of continued the tradition of bond is ahead of its time with the devices they come up with or suggest are possible. Um, which it is. Oh yeah! Everything we're seeing in this, yeah, that reflect just crap. The reflective camouflage <clears throat> is a real thing. It is, you know, and I like it. You know, there's never a gadget that I can think of off the top of my head in this setting right now, in present time. There's not a gadget that I can think of where because I know this is gonna bite me in the ass later. Mm -hmm. Is that I can think of where I'm like, okay, that's not really possible. The watch, yeah, that's a little far fetched. Because with the grappling hook, like that's what I was gonna say. That's the one that doesn't do it for me. Because 
he would hurt his wrist. Exactly. All of his weight, like he would be like, Bleh. he yeah. wouldn't just be like, I'm James Bond while he's levitating that, up okay. to the. All right, yeah, see, I'm already that, eating my fucking words. That doesn't work for me. But you're right, most of but the But for the most part, it's yeah. like, okay, I can see that. It's believable to me. I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, but like you said, the car. I didn't mean to interrupt what you were no, about no, no, to say. No. But the car, yes, I really like the reflectiveness. Is very well, possible, <laughs> is possible. And I'm sure our government is using it. Yeah. A government is using yeah. it in real time. Well, and, uh, you know, in the world, it's not enough. We have the cell phone. It has all these different implications. And we get shown how those get used in one sequence, and they have a one-time use. I was worried that the Sonic ring was going to be like that. Yeah, it gets used twice. It gets used twice in the movie. And both times make perfect sense. No, it was cool. It was well used. It, well it, used. it wasn't cheesy or like unnecessary. You know, like Bond breaks a window and goes in when there's a door right there. You know, there wasn't anything right. like that. Nothing. It, yeah, it was used very so well. So I liked the gadgets. Yeah. It wasn't too much. And I liked his exchange with R. I refuse to call him Q. He's not Q. <laughs> I don't care, Don Cleesey. Um, um. Okay, now... This is also where we see Miranda Frost talking with M. Okay, and I, I got to step back real quick. Okay, good, good. It, and it's just something for me. It's nothing they did wrong. Um, I wish I'm gonna fuck this up, so I'm gonna get his name real quick. Fuck it up. Uh, I wish it's just me being extra as fuck. I wish they would have had a picture of Desmond Lewin. Llewellyn. Oh, GQ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just something. It, it would have really buttered my popcorn if they would have been, you know, at least made like a slight reference or, you know, uh, there's like a little picture of him in the corner or something. I would have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. It's only one movie after. It's not like, you know, he passed. There's like a car because he that has, has his name on the license plate exactly. and then it blows up. Exactly. <laughs> That's... That's fucked up. But, you know, there's something. <laughs> Took you a little far. But his name on the license plate, like a D. No, it, it should have been on the invisible car. Because this was supposed to be his last movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this was supposed to be his last movie. I wish they would have. Like the hit. last two. Yeah. It was like it was like after the first movie, they're like, this will be his last. This will be his yeah. last. And then unfortunately it had to be but right i i wish they would have done something yeah it just kind of like uh i think his name on the license plate would have been cool the invisible car subtle yeah thing oh um, that would have been cool no but yeah i i didn't mean to backtrack that no no, no you're quick, fine but you're i just fine. wish there would have been like i said something all i was gonna say is miranda Foss meets him they talk like yep she's working for my six called it um now I never slept with anybody, never got... And, of course, I mean... I knew as soon as that conversation happened, Bond was hitting it. it. Yes. Yep. I was like... Now, I understand why her character did. Like, especially after what they showed us. Like, okay, it makes sense why she would have, like, slept with him. Because oh, yeah. she knows how he is, and, you know, she's a bad guy, and she needed him to trust her kind of deal. Like... She did what she needed to with the kind of womanizing douchebag that Bond is. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I've been excited to get to this conversation, Demo. Oh, no. Graves is in what I'm calling a pod racer. 
on ice. I actually drew a laughing crying emoji and then put a fat X next to it because it's so dumb. Yeah. What even is that? What? What is that? I got nothing. I guess it makes sense if this dude is building a satellite that can resemble the sun. Like, okay, he could build that, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, so at this point in the movie, after they showed that, I put I'm concerned in my notes. <laughs> it has no... <laughs> just, I was like, you know what? I feel like this movie has taken a turn and I don't know where I'm going. And I think that's where I, when I text you and I said, dude, the second half of this movie, dot, 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 that was it. Cause I was just like, I'm getting concerned, man. Like I'm yeah. seeing a palace of ice. Right. You know, I'm seeing crazy shit. Like, I, I don't understand what's going on. This is turning into like planet Hoth. Yes. With pod racers. Yeah. I'm going to skip through this because it was a cool reveal. Right. But the build up to it and the conversations with his father. I just, yeah. Graves is tan sun moon. Yes. He is who we thought died in the beginning confrontation with James Bond. Yes. He's the guy that was kicking the shit out of that heavy bag that had a person in it. Yep. You know, so it's like, cool. The, the cool bad guy in the beginning that we got introduced to is still in this movie. Yes. But he's just been race swapped. Dude, they took plastic surgery to a whole new fucking level. That's why I'm like, they they, changed, they just straight up made him a white dude. Like they, they did. They, they, you can't say he had plastic surgery. Like, dude, they could changed, they rebuild his skull and exactly. Like, and that's why I'm, I said because I don't really know how to word it other than plastic surgery to a whole new level. Yeah. Now, granted, that point in time. I was very young, and I know you're like 40 at this time. Yeah, yeah. At this point in time, you know, the world wasn't the way it was like it is today. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to say that without, like, getting political in some sort, but... We didn't have the technology or understanding of sciences that we do today to where we would be as hypercritical about something like that as we are now. Yes, thank you. That's perfectly worded. So, I wasn't really... (sighs) upset no. with what they did like no they try to make him did he have like a british accent kind of i think like austrian maybe he was born in the uk okay well so he had like an english accent and i see why they did it like you know i think his brain was or he was supposed to be like a very like known i think it takes place in the uk it does at least the part where we first see him is like in a castle like thing so it made sense to have a english actor yeah play that character i wasn't mad about it but dude they changed him i mean this dude the way he looks now versus the way he looked in the movie looks like he had botox fucking it, it felt very they went to the extreme of how can we change him the most? Yeah. Well, and you know, we're supposed to believe that Chow is getting the same kind of work done. And yes. that's what he was in the middle of when Bond found him. Right. But I'm like, they start with the eyeballs? Dude, yeah. It's weird. 
okay. Like that seems like a last minute. Like, like let's start with the the frame of the house. Yes. And then work on the interior design later. Yeah. yeah like what are, what are we doing here? It was like to me, it was just like we need to explain why the bad guy has cool blue eyes. Because don't get me wrong, you got a final act taking place in this wintry setting. Yes. You got a guy that has cool. diamonds in his face. And ice blue eyes, like that's cool. That's badass. It's badass. Yeah, and I wrote down like Chow's badass looking. Like, yes. But that's the reason is because he supposedly is getting this transformation that Tansel Moon. It's like I really doubt they would actually start with the eyeball color. I did too. That just it just seemed like let's hurt me. That's why he's got blue eyes. Right. Whatever. But but you know it. It's honestly a small gripe for me. Like, yeah, like, okay, that's a little whatever. But at the end of the day, considering the movie itself, it's a small gripe versus the other gripes I have, personally. But to get back on track... Yeah, so last thing we talked about was Graves is Tan Sun Moon. Yes. And Um, that's kind of the starting point of the final sequence of things we see. Now, one thing I did like what they did, did with this movie, because... I felt like Russians were very prominent. And don't get me wrong, I agree with you. I like a Russian that's a bad guy. I think it's very, very yeah, they, well. As a Russian, just so we're all clear, as a Russian, ethnic Russian, born in Russia, I like when Russians are bad guys because I think it's very interesting. They make good bad guys. They do. I was just, if I don't care. Cancel well, me, dude. Yeah, that's they why do. I love Black Ops. The first one. Yeah. Oh man, dude, it's so cool. <laughs> like, but I like that they didn't do it with this movie. No, that's what I'm saying. It was, it a, was nice a nice change, change of, pace. of pace. Yeah, I was, I was really excited with the North Korean yes. aspect. Um, but back, back to what you're saying, you know. I understand the storyline. I understand why they went the way they did. I thought it was a very... I'm going to be honest. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see... Him being Tansel Moon? Yeah. I didn't either. Raised yeah. being Moon. It's, I put a check mark because even though like the conversation he has with his father is weird, his father's reaction... Does, like The actor who played the general just didn't sell like... <gasps> This is my son. Um, you know what I mean? General and Graves interaction. It just didn't feel natural. I don't know. It was weird. So the reason I was kind of skipping over all that is because to me, it takes away from the fact that I do like that he is Tan Sun Moon. Yes. That in itself is cool. Just realizing that was enough for me to just be like, whatever with everything else. Because I was kind of like the acting and stuff wasn't. And even the dialogue. I don't know. Like the things he's saying to his dad. Just kind of like. I feel like he should have been really savoring that moment of like, I'm a white dad. I don't know. Yeah. So anyways. Now. Now, Go ahead. Sorry. I don't really know where we're at in this movie of what we discussed. So this is where. Are we. Let me tell. I'll tell you what's next. Bond is now um, getting intel from the giant base where. where he also runs into um, Jinx, who's working. So this is so where we haven't even got to. This is where the invisible car creeps up on the guys. Okay, okay. where they're walking inside. Yeah, with it's the nighttime. It's okay, snowy. Okay, yes. Got the big lab. I almost skipped way ahead, so that's yeah. why I was trying to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, I'll I'll let you take that then because I know you you got something to say about that. 
yeah, I, I, the invisible the God, the invisible car is such a cool concept, and the one time it was used right, the movie just gave a convenient like, oh, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. That's a little later. We'll get into that. But right here is when it's first used in the field, and it was so like unnecessary because we see him like watching the facility yeah. and we see the guards going in and out and then he like does the doot doot and the door opens which i will okay, say i'll give it that for vfx it was pretty cool, was pretty cool. considering all the cgi and green screen this was pretty awful like you just see the door open and it's like oh there's the inside of the car like it was kind of cool yeah it was cool but then he gets in it and he like starts rolling forward and he rolls forward like three feet. Yeah. And for one, how come the car is either running or it starts, but there's no start sound and there's no engine running sound? It is quiet as a mouse. I'm like Dude, Elon Musk built that. If Q, if, if R had explained or R <clears throat> got no Q in this movie. Um if R had explained <laughs> that that's a feature of the car, like Stealth silencer, you know, just a little quick like this car's quiet. I wouldn't have questioned it, but I was just like, they can't hear this car right. or the door shut or I don't know. They definitely made but, this movie hoping that no, we would have just accepted that. Well, not only that, but there's no uh, sound in the snow from this car that definitely weighs a ton. When we there's walk, nothing. Yeah, you, you hear the hear guards the walking. Over the car rolling behind them, I'm like, that's not realistic at all. So, I just... It was a flawed execution of first showing us the car and field. And they do make up for it later, but then they stomp it to the ground, which also pissed me off. So, I'll just say the invisible car was not ever really used well. No. Or, when it was used well, they totally backfired and retconned it, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I have a that is my biggest X in this, and I can't wait to get to it. Um, <clears throat> it was so weird, but this is where he hooks up with uh, um, Frost. Frost, Miranda Frost, and okay, why is every like, every badass woman bad guy named Frost in some way? Killer Frost, Frost. Like I like it. I'm not yeah, complaining. Yeah. But I just think it's funny. It's such like a cold name, and I'm there for it. Can, can I ask you, <clears throat> at this point, like, they're on this base, Bond's been sneaking around, but now all of a sudden, because she's there, they're just like making out, like not really worried about who's coming. Did you suspect that she was actually a part of the, the bad guys? Like, did you expect she was actually going to turn coat? Because I kind of did. I But I won't say I was... 100% sold on it. I was like looking at it as she's the active member of MI6 and Bond is like the dog that M tried to like get rid of but came crawling back home. And now we've got active member of MI6 with this unwanted dog. And dog's going to get this active member to like like him enough to like they they can work together. So I was like maybe that's what they're trying to sell to us. But she seemed too comfortable doing this thing if she's really Graves' friend or girlfriend, wherever she's supposed to be, but also being an MI6 agent who was a part of Burning Bond. It seemed a little too comfortable for me. 
No, but I'm be okay, honest. Right. I had my feet kicked up on my coffee table, and I was like this. Well, <clears throat> half the time. I was with you, kind of, because I was just like, yeah, I saw this coming. But Bond got two hookups in this movie. Dude, he he got treated good. He did. <laughs> so I was like, all right, Bond, you got two hookups. He was barely washing himself off before he got another one. <laughs> now, after this, I'm going to have another, like, fast forward. So Jinx is being held prisoner by Mr. Kill, which is... uh. Graves right hand man. I told you I was fast forward. Yeah, okay. everything, everything that happens really in between fast forward. Everything that happens in between there, I could just like set on the table and go like Yeah. Oh, and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, you flicked that off like I was flicking the bugs off okay, those rocks. I will rewind a little bit. That was a little bit. So when Jinx comes down through the top of the dome, like on the like uh Mission Impossible, what's his name? Alan, Ethan Hunt. Oh, Ethan yeah, Hunt. yeah. When she comes down all Ethan Hunt on the cable and has the soft landing, I was like, that's so, like, Mission Impossible. I liked it. <laughs> I did, too. Didn't I didn't like, see why it was necessary, but I liked it. I, that's why I was like, I'm for it. It's cool. It I'm makes here. her look like she's better at doing this than Bond. Which she she kind of was. Yeah. But anyways. Um, and you know what? She was such a badass character. I really liked Jinx. I was going to say, this actually kind of made me start liking her. Yeah. So... Like because I, I, got first, a little... I was like, all right, you know, she's on the same level. And then after this, I'm like, maybe she's better. Yeah, yeah I'm it, not mad about it. It went from, oh, let's just take Holly Berry and have her be in a swimsuit for this iconic scene. And then Bond hits it and that's it. Like, it actually gave her some substance. Yes. And it was enough for me to kind of care about her when, where I fast forwarded to before, she's being held captive by Mr. Right. Kill who's about to use that laser to kill her. Now, before I get to my second, uh, no, it's not my second big check mark, but it is a check mark because it was cool. Um, I have a problem with the execution of her being on that table like this and the laser that he's moving in toward oh, her. yeah. Because... That's what we're talking about. Yeah, because it starts cutting into the table like you see it you see the table getting cut and you're like oh this laser is gonna cut her in half yeah but then when she gets set free and gets off of it the table has no damage to it and i was like yeah wait what so to me that meant oh the laser wasn't cutting the table i just thought it was because i thought this laser was like the laser of death yeah so then i was like that laser wasn't really that bad You know what I mean? But then you see in a few minutes. Well, that's what I'm going to get to. That's the thing. I was like, oh, okay. I was seeing things. But then when they have uh, Bond and her execute that kill, which is so cool. It's probably one of the coolest kills in a Bond movie. Because he's sitting there. And I love, like, even the VFX on this are cool. The laser goes through the back of his head and comes out of his mouth. It kind of lights up his eyes. It's just like, I was like. Whoa! That is such an unnecessary, brutal death, and I butter to it. I mean, Dima, I took that butter of popcorn, I took the cap off, and I was like sitting there like this, and I was just like, oh, yeah. All the popcorn. All the popcorn. <laughs> uh, I need to take a drink. Um, I didn't realize you were using your bobblehead. 
It was for a dramatic effect. Gotcha. Sorry, Dwight. All right, anyways. So, yeah, I buttered my popcorn to that kill. It was amazing. And completely unnecessary. <laughs> Ryan Wilson's going to tweet us, like, seriously. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, so the laser wasn't consistent in it how wasn't. powerful it was. First, it's eating away the table, then it doesn't, but then it yeah. totally annihilates Mr. Kill's head. Yeah. Mr. Ki- Mr. A- Kill's also a cool name for right hand man. They did a good job with. <clears throat> you know, really making that such a suspenseful part because you really had to, like, wonder, is she even making it off this table before Bond? No, that's what I mean. Like, they they built her up enough, and then she was in that predicament, and the laser was getting so close to her, you know? that. So, it it was kind of like they nerfed it for a hot second, and it was just production error. It was. But that that happens. But then that death was just like, whoa. Then Bond... Says the title of the movie. Yep. And I was like, oh, he said it. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> then. Dun, dun, dun. Miranda Frost. Turncoat. I saw it coming. As soon as I see her <laughs> walk through the room, point her gun at uh, Graves. Yeah. I'm like, yep. Here we go. Yep. She's going to point it right at Bond. Yep. It was so predictable in that scene. I, I'm i not going to lie. I don't see any other way to make it happen. No. But it was very predictable. No, and it balanced things out. Because I'm like, Bond's not going to be over here with two, you know, a con- like, they can't have Bond outnumber the bad guy. No. You know, they got to at least, like, even it out. Yeah. Which they did. So I was like, it's predictable, but like you said. But what they did with it was amazing. Like in... Oh, whatever that movie was with the really smart news dude and his... Oh, the world is not enough. Yeah, yeah the world is not enough. His ex goes, you still sleep with a gun under your pillow or something. We see him put the gun under the pillow. I like how she said something along the lines of like, you know, I took the bullets out whenever. Oh, yeah, yeah. The gun was under the pillow or whatever. But that made me think of... I think it was one of the Taken movies with Liam Neeson where he's in his old friend's home and he's like, you don't even remember, you've been behind a desk so long you don't remember the difference of the weight when bullets aren't in or out of it. Yeah. I was like, okay, if they're as bad as they're making them seem, which would be probably on the same level as Liam Neeson and Taken, I feel like he should be aware, like, my gun is, like, that much lighter than what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Maybe I'm overthinking it. I didn't think about that. That is a good point. Um, that is a good point. But I was like, okay, cool. You know, he's in this predicament. His gun doesn't work. Or his gun doesn't have bullets. How is he getting out of this? I forgot all about the ring. Forgot all about it because I no, was that's, like, that's he's not, not I mean. getting out of this. And then he does it and he... You know, they go through the floor. I'm kind of, like, really brushing over this. That's fine, because I was going to skip more. You're actually getting into some detail I would have skipped. So oh, okay. Th- this is fine. Um, Because <laughs> like, it does introduce the ring, and it's cool. Yeah, because she's, yeah. she said, like, hand over your gadgets. Because she knew, and I was like, oh, he's fucked. Like, he's oh, yeah. not getting out of this. Yeah, yeah. And he does the ring, and they fall. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm here for it. That yeah. was a cool scene. No, I like cool. it. The yeah. ring made sense other than, like you said earlier, 
there's a door there, but he just uses the ring to show us, like, yeah, I use my gadgets. Yeah. So Mason's, I liked it, and then, yeah, so I was satisfied with that entire sequence there. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, And it goes right into this satellite that we've been hearing so much about yeah. getting activated. Yep. And we saw the trial run before that. But it was yeah, like, but this, oh, that's cool. It's a sun. This makes it like fully realized. Yes. Um, and I wrote down right here because I was still unsure. I was like, the way this movie is going so far, the trial run looked good. But I was like, with the budget being about the same as the last movie and we've seen how they've used it terribly. I was like, this CGI is about to be ass. Yeah. Well, I actually... That got a the other fat check mark. Yeah. The Icarus satellite is absolutely phenomenal in this movie. And even later in the third act, as it continues, when it's being shown in glimpses here and there, the movie went from like, what the fuck is going on right now? To, oh my God, that satellite. Because like when they show it in the laser, just like, it almost looks like two different VFX companies were working like, like. One company had all this stuff that just looks like, and then one company was just assigned to the Icarus satellite, and it is just like, like it's like Christopher Nolan because you know he hates CGI, so when he has to use it, it looks top tier, and it looks so good. It almost, especially for an me, early two thousands movie. Yeah, it reminded me <clears throat> of Rogue One when they're on. Oh, fuck, what was that? I don't think they're on Alderaan. <laughs> on what? Alderaan. It may have been. Oh, with the yeah, but with the Death Star. No, it's very, it's very similar. It reminded very me of that. similar, yeah. Um, but to me, it, me kind of just making a joke. It was like they put all their money into that, and that's why the CGI sucked for the rest of it. Yeah, like I'm be honest, it sucked for the rest of it. It was very like, it was very ninety CGI when they're supposed to be in the twenty twentieth century. Yeah, yeah, and like I said before. Revenge of the Sith came out three years after, and it looked a million times better yep. CGI-wise versus this. Well, and here's what's funny. So in our last episode, you know, you and I kind of watched that little teaser trailer on IMDb. It's yeah. really just like a sizzle reel. Yeah. It's not like a full teaser trailer. But the few scenes we watched, we were like, oh, this looks like big scale movie. Yeah. All of those scenes were highlighting the Icarus satellite. Yep. And I was like whoa like this movie's gonna be awesome <laughs> oh boy oh, was man. i wrong i haven't been with ball so bad since i, I kind of want to edit i don't know if i got time there's a lot going on right now i kind of want to edit like me going back and slapping me in that chair you know what i mean just yeah just like no <laughs> run <laughs> um all right let's just go ahead and f- so just so you guys know, like we've been skipping stuff. I'm not getting into detail as much as I would. It's because at this point in the movie, I was really starting to realize I didn't like the movie. Yeah. Um, so much that my next, well, okay, okay. There is one thing that really did this for me. I was about to skip it. So we get this car chase. That's whatever. We see the fucking pod racer come back, blah, blah, blah. Um, See, I wasn't really mad, though. No, 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 no. I was on board, and we got Zal, which is cool. Now, here's my issue. So, 
I was like, oh, Bond can use the invisible car. This will be where we get like yes. that sweet, sweet invisible car action. I know exactly and, what you're going And say. we do. But then Zhao's like, oh, I can't see him. Let me just slap this thermal imaging button on yeah. my screen. I wrote down, Zhao has thermal imaging in car, dot, 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 okay. Like, Bond just can't have an upper hand. No. The writers have to, like, like, oh, the bad guy has thermal imaging. Get fucked. And that's the get, thing is... Hey, get fucked. Writer of this movie. That is so fucking lazy. I hate it, it so much. Is. That is the fattest X in my notes. Fuck you. You took the coolest thing that Bond has had in this whole fucking series as Brosnan. And you said, oh, you know what? You get to use that for five seconds. Bad guy has thermal imaging. Mm, Dima, I want to fucking that's kick the- my microphone off the desk. It had me so fucking mad. So fucking mad. Because then there's no point in the fucking invisible car. If you wrote this movie, go fuck yourself. I wish you well. And I hope things are great. But go fuck yourself. My butter is out. No more butter. Popcorn's dry. It hurts to eat. It's getting stuck in my throat. I'm coughing. I'm gagging. Fuck. All right, sorry. Like, that's the thing. Is, <laughs> the car leaves tire tracks still. Have him follow the fucking tire tracks. It's snow. That would have made too much sense, Dima. It's fucking snow. Because that, that would be acceptable for me. I'd be like, oh, Q didn't. But then, then in a later movie, if there were more, that would be a learning experience. Yes. Ah, oh, we need to make it a hovercraft that's invisible. <laughs> Dude, that. Helps. But you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing I would have been okay with. Yeah. Not he's sitting there like, well, how do I see my bad guy? Thermal imaging. Okay. Now, I did like that. It was such cheap writing. But I like that later his car magically at the most perfect time. It's like it revived itself or something. Like it was the freaking visible cloak came back to life or whatever. Oh. In the most perfect timing yeah very convenient and i i like that i was okay with it yeah in the sense of moving <laughs> at this point like why not like dima after after Zal hit the thermal imaging i wrote in here this movie sucks that's where i wrote that <laughs> i was so fucking mad about that i mean Rip as you guys can tell paper. it had me like i'm not trying to alex jones in here <laughs> let me tell you something dima The time work elves <laughs> dancing around the invisible car. Here's Bond, bad guy. Thanks, thermal elves Ugh. dancing around the clock. Joe, let me tell you, I'm fucking. I can't say that, but <laughs> oh my god, the elves should wrote the movie. It would be a lot better. Get Keebler on this bitch, dude. Make some James Bond cookies. God damn. <laughs> James Bond cookies. I'm God just going on it. I don't even know where I'm at. Look, this movie right here, this is where I gave up on it. I barely wrote anything else down. It was a fucking mess. There was way too much going on. It was. You got a car chase. You got a laser. You got a bad guy wearing fucking electric football pads. I'm like, what is what is this movie right now? <laughs> it was the dumbest design ever. Like, I'm thinking, okay, the rest of this budget is going to go to this tech he's going to wear. Oh, no. Dude. Oh, no. No, dude. That, that was terrible. 
they pull Boomer's eyes in, and they're like, can we borrow your pads? He said, yeah, and they threw it on that suit, called it CGI. Well, okay, let me let me just... I wrote down, use Sonic Ring twice, because he uses the Break the Windshield to save... And that um, made sense as well. Uh, Jinx, which was cool. That was, was really cool. I was very... I liked that. I liked that a Inside lot. the giant ice palace that's perfectly constructed, because, you know, bad guys have time to make stuff like just that. Just chiseling away, getting the arches. That looks like... You know how... Um, the Austin Powers movies essentially just rip off of early James Bond movies and make <laughs> yeah. fun of them. That looked like something they would have in a Austin Powers movie. Not actually like when I first saw the Ice Palace, I was like, "Huh, okay, yeah. that's that's a choice." <laughs> that's and that's the thing is like I'd understand you know having those arches on the palace if it was like support related. Yeah, they literally got destroyed and it's it it didn't tip it didn't crumble it didn't do anything the only damage was because of the fucking sun satellite (laughs) icarus low thing in the sky that space you're hitting the nail on the head with something i was gonna say at the end of this episode but i'll say it now the third act which I start the third because that's the other thing. It's kind of hard to designate where things yeah. start in terms of first, second, third. I start the third act at um, Graves revealing that he is Tan Sun Moon, right? Yes. So you think about how many things transpire since then. That's why I said there's just too much going on. And to me, I think they like, you know how we whiteboard our stories when we're writing a movie. I think they saw that they had too much, but like. They knew that cutting stuff was going to cut screen time. You know, that means actors aren't getting the screen time they're guaranteed in their contract. Yes. So I was like, you know what? They were like, we'll just have a big, epic, awesome death satellite that's just running across the world while this terrible, chaotic story is taking place. And, oh, I'm sure you noticed, they cut to that at very convenient places. Like, when things are very jumbled, it's like, uh, death laser death laser like it's like they're piggybacking on that carrying the third act to the end yeah they're they're hoping that you as the viewer you're not going to care about the inconsistencies the plot holes the the terrible dialogue the terrible fight choreography oh my gosh when we started on that awful besides jinx throwing the knife in the dude's throat that was a load that was so cool even even sweet sweet Miranda Frost, it was just kind of eh. like when she's fighting Jinx. It was. Like, I was like, come on, dude. And then she puts the knife through the book, and she says uh, something so. She said, "Read." Oh, she said, "Read this," because she said you couldn't read the. And she's like, "Read this." Puts a fucking knife through the book. I'm like, oh, okay, Bond. Like that's such a cheesy Bond. Like that's the thing is it wasn't even just bond with the one-liners they made everybody have a one it was a one it was like let's celebrate the end of pierce prosman's run by fireworks of one-liners like because yeah. they all they much. all get them they all get them graves gets one freaking now who was that long-haired fucking tool when <laughs> fucking i'm not sure you're talking about sir. pierce is on the snowmobile cody banks thing and <laughs> wait the pod racer yeah the pod oh, racer thing yeah, yeah 
He's fucking rolling. The sunbeam is like magically not catching up with him, even though it's apparently blowing oh, yeah, dude. right up his ass. And he's going, and the dude walks up to Grayson and is like, he beat your time. And Grace just gives him that look. I laughed. I'm going to be honest. Well, I yeah, it's funny it because funny. he's so obsessed with being, like, the best. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. And Bond just always one ups him. But the, even then, that was so unnecessary. It, it was. It was. It was. Um. <clears throat> all right. Oh, all right. Here's the other thing. Besides the way that Graves dies... The electric football pads being the big thing about the fight sequence that's supposed to make him one-up Bond. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. So lame. It made me actually appreciate their sword fight sequence, which I also didn't really like that much. But I agree with you. I think it's the best fight sequence in this movie. the best. Because we don't have that much to choose from. Um, But I like that he gets launched into the freaking uh, engine of the plane and shredded like a bird. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> he looks like Palpatine, like when Vader throws him and he's like, like he's just like, he did, and he goes through the human shredder. All right, but anyways, I it's a terrible third act, man. The ending, I literally wrote this ending sucks. The because, ending was off because from there we go into the the planes in free fall. Bon and Jinx are on it. They're literally like not – I don't understand how we downgraded in this movie because in the movie prior, Tomorrow Never Dies, everything was done so well. When they're in a vehicle, there's the motions. Yeah. They're swaying. When they're in a car, it looks like that car is in the setting where they filmed in yeah. live location, like even the green screen shots. Like it was so well executed. When they're in this plane that's in free fall, right? They should be like, they're like sitting there calm, just talking to each other. But in the background, there's chaos, fire, they're in free fall. I was like, what? How are they just like casually having a conversation in free fall? And it really just made me want to turn the movie off. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I was like, I can predict the rest of this movie from here, which I could have. I wouldn't have nailed it on the head, but it would have been close. Because there is one thing, there's a curveball they threw in. It made me laugh. But yeah, the fall sequence, terrible. But we know Bond and Jinxers survive and happy ending. Um, After all said and done, we see Money Penny, which we've been teased with her and Bond since Gold. Oh, yeah. And Bond swoops in, ready to get that third hook up in this movie, right? I was like, damn, Bond, you're just going... You're being a little gluttonous in this, but I'm like, eh, it's his last feature. Like, why not? Okay. Get them all. Get, get M in there, too. Get freaky and get R in there. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> but oh. R comes in in, like, an invisible gimp suit. Like... <laughs> Zal's like, I have thermal imaging you can use. <laughs> Anyways. um, No, but she... <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, they're really doing it. Yeah. And then you see she's wearing the training helmet. I was like, aw, poor money, Penny. But then I'm like, why are we always just, te- like, she's the one that always jokes with Bond. Yeah. If you really want it to happen, I'm like, he's down. He's a freaking pig, dude. Like, he's going to be like, okay. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, why are we doing? Okay, you got You got to do like a augmented reality of this when you could totally to... get it in real life. Yes. All she needed to say was, "Well, yeah," and he would have been like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, uh, anyways, so that was a curveball, made me laugh, and then. I just put lame ending. It, it was awful. I'm surprised people didn't pop up, like the army didn't pop up, like, good job, guys. It was just such a, like, it, it kind of reminded me of an Indiana Jones movie where, like, he goes into a tomb and there's, like, treasure, but, like, stuff can't just be sitting around like it would be in real life. Yeah. There has to be a chest that's falling over and all the gold's running out. And, it doesn't really like bond and jinx are getting at it again and the 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 freaking thing of diamonds is open and they're all sprawled out i'm like perfectly i don't think that would be like practical or make sense if you're wanting to do something with the diamonds like you both get away from your agencies and you get to do your own thing and you're just gonna do it on diamonds do it yeah that's that that's how brosman is ending his run as bond Fucking on the diamonds. That was it. Lame ending. I just... It was awful. Now, <clears throat> I'm just going to jump into my fun facts because I only have two. Okay. And that's the other thing. You know, I, I get these uh, from online. I go to websites, Reddit. I try to find interesting things. There's not much worth talking about, and I think that's a testament to how bad this movie is. Yeah. Um, now, the director, Lee Tamahari, I think I'm saying his name right, he made Triple X with Vin Diesel. Have you seen that? Okay. I've heard it's really good. <clears throat> it is one of my favorite Vin Diesel movies. And it's actually one of my favorite action movies. Oh, wow. It's an early 2000s movie as well. Yeah. But in terms of how the movie was made, that's why I said in the beginning when I agreed with you on this movie had promise. Yeah. I know this guy can make a good movie that I will enjoy because he made that after this. So I'm like, <clears throat> oh, he had, and it wasn't, it wasn't the gap that we have for the director for Goldeneye. Cause you know, he made Goldeneye and then he made Casino Royale. Right. This guy went from this to triple X and triple X. I love it. Oh, wow. Now don't get me wrong. I watch it now and it's like, okay, yeah, there's some things that are cheesy about it, yeah. but with everything considered, it's a really good action movie. And especially considering it's Vin Diesel, who isn't really, in my opinion, a good actor. It was a fitting role for him. You know how, like, someone who's not a good actor can just have a role that's made that just fits yeah. their personality? Like, I love The Rock. Don't get me wrong. I think he's amazing. <laughs> but when it comes to acting, I don't think he's the best actor. But I think a lot of movies have been made where they write to his strong points as a person. So he can literally go on there and be the rock to a degree. Yeah. And it fucking sells the yes. movie. Like, I'm just like, yes. Like so, Moana. <laughs> hey, we got the live action one coming out now, all right? Yeah, I'm not happy. Now he's going to be buff, man. That gut. <laughs> no. Anyways. um, So he made Triple X. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. So I was like, this movie could have been cool. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan hates this movie. Does he? He doesn't. He has gone record saying this is the least favorite of his movies. And wow. 
he was recorded, documented on set and in post-production saying that they made mistakes with um, all the gadgets and all the CGI. He said it was overdone production. Okay. So, I think if Pierce Brosnan was sitting here with us, he'd be tearing this movie apart too. Yep. I'm assuming that, but the guy's literally got on record saying that this is his least favorite movie he's been in. And what a what a shame, dude. It is. For me growing up with him being James Bond. Yeah. And for the rest of my life, he'll always like anyone who grew up like my dad. Yeah. You grew up with Sean Connery's Bond, that's your Bond. That's who you're gonna picture. So it sucks to know that his last film was a terrible send off. Like, what a shame, man. What a shame. You know it's if bad. Tomorrow Never Dies was his last film. Oh, Cause that dude, that may be so good, so good. You know it's bad when like, you know, fans are saying like this movie's ass, and then you bring. That's what I just. I'm done. This Yikes. movie just yeah. And then when the make sure the camera's not. Oh, it's a little wonky. It's good for it. Then the actor, especially like the main cast, comes out and says like, "Yeah, like that was ass." Mm-hmm. It it makes me feel better, especially doing these, to know that I'm not the only one thinking this, or it's not just the fans thinking it. Um, Mark Hamill tears up the new trilogy, Star Wars. It makes me feel better. Yep. Um, oh, what is his name? Um, John... Bernthal? Nope. <laughs> You're a bad game. I'm getting one. Yeah, you're good. Um, oh my god, he's gone on record. They asked him like, "Hey, do you, you know, what's your opinion?" <laughs> the shit's rocking me. That's gonna make me car sick. <laughs> um, I have to put a warning at the beginning of this video yeah, for viewers who get who get motion sickness. Um, oh, you ready? You ready? Ready? ASMR. Alright, that was satisfying. <laughs> um, but John Boyega, they asked him, hey, do you want to be in this new movie, Daisy Ridley's new movie, Star Wars movie? And he oh, goes, yeah. no, I'm done. He's like, I think Finn's done. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with this. Um, he tears apart the new trilogy. Harrison Ford, he, he was over Star Wars since episode six. so He you know, wanted to be killed he off. He wanted to be killed off. Um, Mark Hamill talks down about these movies, says it doesn't make sense. It's not his Luke Skywalker. He said, he pretty much says, or straight up said, you know, there's, no, you're good. Um, it's like a different Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's not even canon to him. So saying all that just make, you know, it. It's just me pretty much saying, like, when the actors are on the same page as you, you know it's a bad movie. Yeah. No. Versus I... where our opinion <laughs> could be, it's trash, and the actors are like, we love it. Then, you know, maybe I'm just the asshole. But when they're saying it's bad, it's their least favorite. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying I needed validation for my feelings on this movie, but right. it, it was nice to go to IMDb. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, I was looking on other websites. I was looking on Reddit. Yeah. I wasn't finding my fun facts like I usually do. Right. I was like, 
Oh, this sucks. Yeah. So I just went to IMDb. Literally, first couple of points they point out, those were the only two that were worth mentioning. The other ones are just like kind of fun production facts and don't really matter. Yeah. I'm like, dude, Pierce Brosnan not liking his own movie? That's that's worth pointing out, especially when I hated it. Like, yeah. this is the first movie on this podcast. Not just Bond movie, any movie yep. I've given a one to. Like, if this movie wasn't made and it was just a trilogy, well done. Like, Goldeneye was eh. But I liked it better than this. I at least gave it a three. Yeah. Good lord, man. This movie was all... I mean, really, this movie just sucked. It did. It was... But I will admit to you, I almost bounced up to a two. Because it, it does have some factors that, like, it could have been something better. But I'm like, right. I, I'd i just be okay with this movie not being made. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely would have been okay if it wasn't made. <laughs> I'm I, sure Brosman feels the same way, yeah. so... Except he probably got a nice paycheck from it. Because box, yeah. box office-wise, it did really well, just because everyone was like, oh, the last Brosman movie, oh my gosh. And it was 2002, yeah. you know, people were excited to start going out and doing things in theaters again, and you know, after 9-11, so... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. So, unfortunately... We're ending our 007 Tuesdays Brosman run on a negative note, but it will be redeemed by our fan favorite, Daniel Craig. Well, I can't say fan favorite, but me as a fan, he's my favorite. His movies are amazing. And man, we're starting off with a banger, Casino Royale. I'm really excited. With the same director that brought us Goldeneye, he gets redemption in this one. Because it is often regarded as the best Bond movie of all time. Which is also pretty crazy. I've heard I've heard hardcore Bond fans that don't like him as Bond still say that just because of the story and the production. Wow. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Alright, well, I think we've kept it. Yeah, we're a little over two hours. Not too bad. Not terrible. We're going to end this episode with updating you guys on some stuff real quick. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, obviously subscribe, follow us, all that fun stuff. We have merchandise. We have a lot more coming. That is barely started up. We got to turn the oven up a little bit, get more stuff baking, but things are coming. Um, <clears throat> we, anyone who's been following us on this journey, you've heard us say there were a lot of things we were going to do that we ended up not doing. Um, You've seen things come out earlier or later than when we said they were going to come out. This whole thing has been a huge learning experience. And, you know, I was looking at a picture the other day of my first setup for this podcast. It was the table that Jordan often sits at. We had one table that we were trying to fit four guys around and a bunch of old microphones from when I was in a band in high school in 2007. You know, like it was rough. It was a rough start. So we've come a long way. And we've got a lot of things that are changing um, in this period that I'm going to talk with you about now. We're taking a little break. And it's small. I mean, we're in June. We just started June. We're coming back in mid-July. As of right now, it looks like it'll probably be the second week of July. Might be the third week. Now, here's the cool thing about this. In this time... um, we're upgrading some more equipment in our studio. We're 
we're all going to have a better presentation and a more efficient way to record ourselves, but to also deliver you guys content faster. So I'm looking forward to that. We've got a good game plan. Now, the other thing that's cool is we are going to be staying on top of the two episodes a week as well, because in this time, we're still going to record and get episodes together. So that way, we're always going to be ahead. We'll always guarantee we'll have content coming every week. So Double Seven Tuesdays have been pretty popular with some people, so we're going to continue doing that. We enjoy doing them. Um, we will be having Grant join us on at least some of the Daniel Craig films. I don't know how many he's wanting to do, but because uh, he's a big fan of the Daniel Craig film. So that was cool to find out. Um, <clears throat> we have a lot of episodes that we've talked about doing that we, you guys haven't seen yet coming. Um, we have the Bo is Afraid discussion and review, which will actually be our first group discussion for our second season as a podcast. And <laughs> it's funny because I'll just go ahead and tell you, we didn't really like the movie. So that's an interesting one because usually when we sit down and talk as a group, it's because we all like the movie. Or at least the majority. Yes. So it was one where we're all just kind of sitting down to different degrees, kind of tearing the movie apart. And it's not from ignorance. We all have pretty good uh, understanding and knowledge of how films are made, how stories are written. And we all bring different you know, ideas to the table or different perspectives in terms of our knowledge. Like I'm really into the production side of things. He's really into the story writing side of things. Grant is really knowledge in random things. And Jordan's just kind of like an all around smart guy. So yeah, he went to college. Yeah. He went to college and didn't drop out and didn't drop out. I just, didn't go. <laughs> I smile as I disappoint my dad. Um, <clears throat> No, but so that's a good episode. I'm very excited to share that with you guys. I was thinking about posting it before we take this break, but I think it's a good episode to just start our new season with. Um, Now, I'm also excited because something new we're going to be doing and we're going to continue doing more so than not is having special guests on the show via streaming. So we can connect with people... Not just from our neck of the woods, but all over the place. And we're going to be having uh, YouTubers. Um, We're going to be having people that are fans of our show that want to come on. And it's going to be cool. And we're going to have a cool setup for how we do that as well. Uh, So that way you can see all of us on the screen And even if we're all sitting here together, we'll have our own individual panels. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, But we're also going to have more guests in person. So that'll be fun as well. I have a surprise guest for these guys that they don't know about that's going to be in person. We're going to have them behind a curtain. We're going to have a camera so you guys can watch it live, get their reactions. And then when this person comes and sits down with us, I will have a lot of pride in explaining to you guys the relationship that this person has with these guys and why it's such a big deal that this person is here. So, yeah. George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now stepping onto the Ion Stone podcast, George Lucas. No, that'd be awesome, but hey, maybe one day. No, I'm very excited for it. Um, we'll have our own segments that we've discussed in the past. 
stars. We've only been talking about those for two months. Only been talking about those for two months. Nothing major. Um, But we'll finally be able to put those out. Mm -hmm. Um, Our monthly Star Wars, we we dropped the ball. I dropped the ball on that. I'll admit that all day long. We'll get those up and running again. Um, It's second season of this is going to be absolutely phenomenal um, oh yeah like i said this first season has been a learning experience. it's been a learning experience. and now we've got a solid here's how to do yes. this um and just so you guys know we're not just taking this break so we can get caught up with ourselves uh there's just a lot going on in life for us right now we're both in the middle of career changes while still running our business and while also trying to do this podcast and while also starting families to a degree so there's just a lot going on in this specific pocket of life and i'm going to be in alaska for a little bit with my wife so i don't know it's just kind of a good time to take a little break do some editing and come back strong in july yeah i'm excited for it really am excited to get the ball rolling again so yeah we hope you guys don't mind a little bit of a pause uh, but we will be coming back strong, and I'm I'm excited for it. So about the time y'all forget what we look like, we'll be back. Yes, when we come back, I will not have a stupid haircut. I will have a full beard. Um, he will be. I'm either going to be like this or have a beard. Okay. We'll uh, see how life turns out for me. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm just gonna like start off dressed like a mime. I'll just be married to Crow for one episode and not talk. That'd be a really awkward podcast. That'd be very awkward. I just, I just. I feel like people would just shut it off. Like, yeah, this is awkward. Um, I think that's. Dude, being a mime would be tough on a podcast. <laughs> I don't think you could do it. Let me be honest. Don't think you could do it. Can't discriminate against mine. If a mine wants to come on here, I don't know how they would tell me so, but they can message you, right? But when they just like act like they're like, do they actually do things or do they act like they're doing things? Did I over mime and marry a crow? I think you just took it to the extreme. Cause you know that scene where I act like I'm taking a dump, but like there's nothing coming out my butt cause I'm not sitting on a toilet. No, I'm just kidding. That's not <laughs> deleted scenes. No, but that's a serious question. Like, where's the line of, okay, now I can quit being a mime and actually do the things I act like I'm doing. Like, if if a mime is in a rope pulling competition, do they like, like the guy goes to hand him there into the rope and they're like, you know what I mean? And then the other side is just like, what's this guy doing? I think you win by default. Yes, because you're a mime. Right. anyways all right guys well here yeah so this will be the last 007 tuesday for a couple weeks and the last episode you get from us at all ever no i'm just kidding but uh we'll make sure to keep you guys posted on our twitter instagram tiktok youtube all that stuff um now we are still gonna post pictures and whatever just so we're kind of keeping our page alive yeah. um we do a lot of golfing so we'll probably go post a little i don't know yeah, I was killing it on that driver yesterday. I was very surprised. <sighs> yeah. I won't be able to do that again for the next, like, year, but I'm very happy with what I did yesterday. All right, well, you got anything else before we take this long hiatus? 
No, I mean, I'll probably be 30 by the time we come back. Um, I'll be 60. You'll be 60. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, to get that rolling again for people to see the changes and uh, the excitement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't forget the store. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and everything, like you said. Um, that way you can stay updated with what we're doing, what we're uh when we're going to post officially, we'll we'll, we'll eventually get a official day out. With uh, you said about mid June. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we'll be in post production of Married to Crow, so we'll probably we'll yeah. probably be sharing some tea on that movie. Uh, we're gonna have a whole new trailer put together with the actual soundtrack from the movie, and we're just gonna post this one trailer. That'll be it. But it'll be the first real look into this movie, and I'm very excited for it. Keep Very. checking up on our social medias and yeah. be the first one to check out that trailer when it's posted. Um, we've come together and decided that we're going to fire Grant off the podcast. So I would imagine in the first <clears throat> couple of weeks, because, you know, we have filmed an episode with him already for that season. So <laughs> it'll be kind of weird, but like we have to pick one where we do it. Wait, do we have to record it? Oh, do you guys want to see us fire Grant? Or would you guys rather like... You just come back and Jordan is just now sitting next to Dima. Like, we don't explain where Grant went. Well, I guess now I just told you, though. We can edit it out. Okay, is it Question mark. Is it the proper thing to do for us to basically put our off-camera business on camera, I guess? is you know Because I'm the being honest, guys. We're proper? fine. Like, Grant's gone. I don't think it's the proper <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> Jordan's gonna watch this like, oh, oh no, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a call immediately. Grant's just gonna be like, yeah, fuck that Grant guy, like, <laughs> and then we're gonna have to explain to Grant like that's 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 you. <laughs> He's like eating a Twizzler, like, oh, I'm Grant. Why am I making Grant seem like a window licker right now? <laughs> just a complete dumbass. Fuck you, buddy. Not just yeah, Grant. I'm Grant's best man. I got I got work to do. Yeah, you do. All right. I got some hustling to do. <laughs> I was thinking about the other day. I was like, wait, when when my wedding's done, that's when the work begins. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It and every time I say something rewarding. around Rachel, even though I'm usually kidding, she just kind of looks at me like, and I'm like, okay, scratch that idea. Strippers and coke. Well, no. Oh, damn it. Kidding. Absolutely <clears throat> yeah, kidding. I've never paid for a stripper, so. Um, no, I mean, it is a very rewarding job, but it's a lot. What, podcasting? That too, but I mean like. Stripping? <laughs> that too. No, I'm kidding. No, planning. I was going to say, like, is that on your resume? <laughs> like <laughs> That is now on my resume. Um. No, I mean, planning, like, bachelor parties and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, being yeah. a best man in general, it is a lot of work, but it is very rewarding. Well, this this might frustrate you. I've already got his entire bachelor party planned out. See, I got... Like, I already know what time... I, I already told him yesterday what time he has to be awake. See, I didn't know that until <laughs> the week before yours. Well, I kind of learned from you, because I was like... Oh. Well, no, not saying you did a bad job, but, like, I feel like you were stressing a lot near near the countdown. 
And yes. I'm like, hey, I'm still a couple months out. I'm going to plan it now. So then I can just kind of sit back like, hey, it's already planned. Like that dumbass. It wasn't like, that hard. I actually want to forget. Like that's how out of it I want to be. Like it's the morning of and I'm like, oh, it's the bachelor party. You know, like <laughs> I don't want to be like the night before like under my bed sheet. Like I hope Grant's happy tomorrow. Dude, I was under my shed doing that. <laughs> No, you did good. You did really good. That day was so memorable. I, I honestly wish that I had done a vlog of it, like a mm. video vlog. Like, I don't know, but I'm glad I just took the time to do I wasn't on my just phone that much it. that day. I, I really just absorbed everything and enjoyed the day. That's the best way to do it. All the fun stuff and all the lunacy in between. It was great. It was a good time. Both my brother-in-law is on a golf cart. One's helping Elon Musk get to Mars, and the other one's helping chickens hatch eggs by sitting on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I kind of just pictured Grant, like, in a chicken costume, just... Amongst the chickens. <laughs> just among... For for you, I know he said it on an earlier episode, but for those of you who don't know, Grant is from a place called Farmersville. This is a real town. Okay, real town. It's not FarmersOnly.com. It's not the Farmers Market. It is a place where farmers live. It is a ville of farmers. That's where he grew up. Okay. Anytime we meet somebody new, we have to listen to this guy say, like, I'm from Farmersville. And people <laughs> look at him like, that's a place? Like, they're waiting for, like, the punchline, or they're waiting to hear, like, what that's the nickname of, yes. you know? But it's like, no. I had to look it up when I first met him. I was like, oh. No. See, that's the thing is, I know places that is around it. I still had no idea about Farmersville. Yeah, like, I knew about Germantown. Germantown, Waynesville. Germantown, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. All that, like... Uh, there's a little, little fine space in the center there's a little there. Butthole just yep. pressed in between <laughs> the cities. Abby was roasting him yesterday, saying nothing good has ever come out of Farmersville, <laughs> and I don't know if he was actually offended by that. But Grant was trying to like name people, and it was kind of making me hurt. I was like, because I'm sitting here like, Grant, you're supposed to say you came out of Farmersville. <laughs> exactly. like, that's it. Why you gotta look for other people? Like you're you're enough. Yeah, he's enough for me. Like, if it were for you, I wouldn't even know Farmersville exists. Exactly. You know? That's like saying, I wouldn't know Gotham exists without Batman. Like, you are the Batman of Farmersville. He is the Batman of Farmersville. So does he, like, just pin chicken feathers up with the ears and... When he's sitting on the eggs? Or when he's, like, like fighting crime in both Farmersville? We're just roasting Grant, like, accidentally at this point. That's why we're firing him, guys. It's not because of his performance on the podcast. It's because we can't help but roast him and we feel bad. Oh. Oh. This is a turtle (laughs) that my wife made. It's smiling. Its name's Elmo. Reminds me of Squirt from Finding Nemo. (laughs) Squirt. All right. We're done? We're done. Okay. Guys, we love doing this, obviously. That's why we just ramble on. But we're going to wrap this up so we don't smack the uh, three-hour mark again. We're at 223. We're okay. We got... <laughs> what 
37 minutes let's ago. Just throw another hour in there. All right, let's bring in a special guest. Come down. <laughs> Somebody just randomly pops out of that closet. No it's concern. Conan O'Brien. Oh. Um, all right. Well, yeah, keep an eye out for Mary to Crow Crumbs. There's going to be some stuff coming out. We're still wrapping up filming, but we're almost done. And pretty excited about getting that movie out this fall. So that's going to be cool. And uh, yeah, guys. Anyways, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we love doing this, so don't worry. I know there's the whole thing where people start podcasts, they do it for a couple months, and they decide it's too much work and they quit. That's not what this is. We decided we love it so much, we want to take time to make it better. And we're coming back stronger than ever, so no worries there. I'll be back. Um, Get to the chopper. I need to stop. All right, so... (laughs) Let's just do a whole segment where we talk like actors, like... (laughs) Like, I'll be Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you can be Forrest Gump. All right, you can be Forrest Gump <laughs> at an Italian restaurant. Oh. Where's the pasta? <laughs> That's so aggressive. I feel like you have to be. <laughs> How does Arnold Schwarzenegger say, I am happy? I am happy. <laughs> I feel like he has to slam his fist on the table like Hitler and Inglorious Bastards. Like, nine, nine. <laughs> Okay, probably blowing this mic out. Um. Anyways, focus. No bloopers on this episode. I refuse to edit this. I'm lazy. I'm lazy now. You guys have to freaking hang in there and suffer. If anyone's still watching at this point, I'd be really surprised. I probably would have shut it off about. Like I'm, a, <laughs> I'm about to start reading the ingredients of seltzer. Actually, this is an interesting topic. Real quick. I've been wondering, now that I've been drinking these for the past couple months, what am I drinking? Because <clears throat> calories, zero. T- total fat, zero. Sodium, zero. Total carbs, zero. Sugars, zero. Added sugars, zero. Protein, zero. Flavors, zero. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Flavors, zero, but it's it's lime. It is lime flavored, right? How can you say flavors, zero? But then it says made with natural flavor so i'm like does that mean artificial flavor zero because it doesn't specify and then it says contains carbonated water i'm like that's all this is what do you mean contains that's like picking up a coke and it says contains coke (laughs) what am i drinking dima dude they took some water kind of swirled it around squirted some lime in it and sealed it why is it so good i mean i know you don't agree but like dude i I, this is like nectar of the gods now. Like, I mean, mead is still number one, but seltzers. All right. Now I'm doing the thing that I was joking about doing on the podcast to bore people. Oh, speaking of nectar of the gods. (laughs) What the? That's such a weird. I'm on. uh, Yeah. yeah. I'm watching Shameless. I think I'm on season five now. And Frank is making his like. Oh, God. Yeah. Tier 130 per beer. Because he doesn't get enough alcohol. Right. He needs to. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Where, where was. Oh, I was closing out the show. Oh, yeah. I was closing the show out like 20 minutes ago. Um, We seriously appreciate you guys tuning in. It means everything to us. We would do this even if you didn't, but that's not trying to make you feel like you're not necessary. <laughs> He's going to edit that part out. Huh? 
I'm not. I'm not editing this episode. Like, you could say something right now that would be a guaranteed we're getting canceled, and I will subtitle it. That's how I'll I'll actually put the editing into emphasizing <laughs> that it's cancelable instead of <laughs> editing it out. That's where I'm at now. Bring on Dima. Oh, yikes. That's what I thought. Alright. Now, <clears throat> we really do appreciate you guys. All jokes aside. This is fun. But it's definitely easier to justify to our significant others when people are actually tuning in and interacting with us. Because <laughs> it's not just, you guys just sit there and talk to each other and record it. Yes, we do. And I have you know a great I mean? fucking time. Yeah, but that's not enough, unfortunately. There uh, has to be something coming in to justify that time. Right. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. If you don't want to be a piece of shit, then yes. Otherwise, it looks like I'm just... Look at you learning how to be a good boyfriend. Oh, it's exhausting. Anyways. No, but seriously, this is a lot of fun. We enjoy doing this. Really looking forward to season two. Oh, we're going to have a new intro. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about that for a while, but I've just been holding off because I thought that'd be a good way to just really emphasize, boom, new season, new Fresh equipment. Start. Pretty much the same setup. I like the setup we've got right now. Um, but, yeah, uh, new format. Got guests coming on. We're going to be talking about shows in a more organized structure like we do these Bond episodes because some of you have commented that you like that. So we're going to keep going that route with the movies we do as a group as well. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. I don't know. I'm just really excited yeah. for it. Um, anyways, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit the hand down below, whether the thumb is up or down. We don't care. We're just having fun until we don't get canceled. We don't want to get canceled. We've been lying to canceled. you guys this whole season, you know, just yeah. – we really don't want to get canceled. Lying is a great way to start a relationship. <laughs> Fucking cancel me. You won't. No. <laughs> um, cancel tomorrow. Yeah. Remember, did I tell you about like uh, the podcast I listened to where the guy was saying how he could see getting canceled becoming a like oh, yeah. actual uh, act of a, of the courts? Yeah. Like a judge deems you canceled. Canceled. But then it was funny because he was like, what would the repercussions of that be now that it is a court-mandated cancellation <laughs> instead of like – so you're not just now being – because being – that's what's funny is it's almost unnecessary because if you're canceled, that means majority of people online don't care to see or hear from you yeah. in any way, shape, or form. So what does a judge legally canceling you make happen that isn't already happening? <laughs> like what's the point that's why i was like it's an interesting thing to talk about but what is the point of that 90 days in the cell because people <laughs> online are butt hurt and offended by something <laughs> I have no idea. not trying to say that people aren't allowed to be but it's like isn't like no, the point I... of this country like you're allowed to have freedom of speech like Hey, is Andrew Tate a douchebag? And is he kind of like saying things that he shouldn't be saying? Sure. Does everyone hate him? No. No. There's guys that idolize him. So why is it fair that because certain sides don't want to hear his crap? Now, don't get me wrong. If he's encouraging domestic violence or acts of terrorism, oh, yeah. Yeah, he needs to be in a jail cell. But... No, seriously, there. I don't know what they though. would like, do. What? Why does one side canceling him make it so the other side that likes him doesn't get to enjoy stuff anymore? You know what I mean? 
That that's. I'm just kind of living here in the Matrix or whatever this is. I'm not saying I. I think Andrew Tate's a joke personally, but that's just me. Jordan uh, Jordan be flying across that table right now. I'm a top G. (laughs) All I know is I sit here. I speak into a yellow snowball, a white snowball. And I wanted those in kindergarten, I think. White snowball, and um, that's it. I throw rocks at home. That is it. That sounds bad. Landscaping. All right, so... Uh... Third time's the charm. <laughs> oh, you want to do something cool right now? God, we got so sidetracked. All right. Yeah, I'm, oh, I need to say Snickers on it. That one actually. Why does okay? Why does one say Snickers and then the other? That's, oh, whatever. All right, you ready? We're gonna have to like mark because I'm oh, I'm not editing this, this except for this point, so everyone's gonna know what we're doing. It'll just be a cool little trick. Sorry, got distracted. Uh, go on a rant about something real quick. I don't care what it is. I love my dog. Great dog, except he. Barks constantly. I mean, it was 6.30 in the morning, Friday, maybe, and he is barking. And it's not like a nice bark. It's very atrocious barking for no reason at all. Like, if somebody's in the backyard and you're popping off, wonderful, thank you. If you're looking at a tree and just barking, Barking to bark? The dog barks at the wind. Stop. Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. I, we go on walks. I give you food. I give you shelter. You drink water. Dima, you get a little angry when you're hungry. Oh. <laughs> Do you want a Snickers? I'll take a Snickers. All right. Yeah, you're right. I was I was getting a little carried away. I love my dog. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs>